in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Welcome back to another episode of the Two White Chicks in China. Ooh, yes, yes. This is episode sixty-one. Indeed, I am your co-host Nora. I'm the American <laughs> one with the brown hair, <laughs> and I'm the British one, Holly, with the blonde hair. Some people have asked us in the past who is who in the pictures. So yeah, that's true. Now you'll know.、Mm-hmm. But I feel as though a lot of people who listen to podcasts have the same issue. Yeah, like if there are two. Hosts, a lot of people see a picture and hear voices, and often miss like connect the voices to the people. I remember that comment a ways back about、um, the like because when you're listening to a podcast, you're not necessarily maybe you've never seen our、mm-hmm. photos, and we don't、mm-hmm. put it like our podcast cover just has a skyline of Shenzhen, right? So we don't have our photos on the actual podcast. In iTunes, and so some people had never seen our photo. And one, I remember one listener way back was when they found our Facebook page because on our Facebook page we do have our、yeah. photos, and she was really shocked because she had imagined that we looked so differently than <laughs> we actually do. Yeah, <laughs> little like caricatures in a head, like in a head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. So if you haven't, if you're curious to know what we do look like, you can go to our Facebook page and check it out. We even have cartoonized versions of yeah, ourselves. I think in every single picture of us, we're pulling like silly faces and、yeah. stuff. So you never really see the real us. It's always weirdos. Yeah, odd balls. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening, Holly? Do we have any listener feedback this week? We do. We have a review. Yay!、Um, It's from Last Year Prepper from the USA, who says, "Thank you for answering questions about bringing kids to China." So some time ago, and I'm so so sorry, I forgot to write down the episode number. We talked about what it would be like if you brought young children to China. Oh yeah.、Um, he says it helps、uh, us visualize family life and the educational systems.、Um, you both are a blast to listen to. Keep the giggles;、mm-hmm. uh, they make you interesting to listen to, and Um, and wait, and a part of an open and personal education about China. Okay, six stars. <laughs> Ooh, yay! yay. <laughs> That's A、nice. plus plus. Exactly. Oh, so one vote for giggles, one vote against. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we had another plus from someone else as well who said, "I think you should just laugh."、Uh-huh. Someone said it was okay. Um, on that note about finding episodes、um, related to topics that you're interested in, is there a page on writtenchinese.com that has all like a list of all the episodes with the topics? Yeah,、uh, you can go to writtenchinese.com/podcasts,、okay. and that's the, the whole all the archive from one to sixty-one.、Um, or I guess if you're you're on iTunes, you can just check back through the feed and、mm. you can listen to all of our podcasts. Um, alternatively, if you if you just go to writtenchinese dot com,、um, there's a search bar at the top of the page, and you could just type in a keyword, and the, our podcast will pop up. Okay. Either an article f- from writtenchinese dot com or a podcast. Got it. Yep. Nice, nice,、mm-hmm. nice. Yep. Um. So, uh, so last week we uh answered 
a question from Bree, which was all about, uh, well, it was two questions. One was about uh, how we keep in contact with our family, and the second one was about uh, stay-at-home dads. So she responded and said, Thanks for answering my question, ladies. I'd like to hear the results of any FaceTime experiment you do, Nora, <laughs> as we are a fruit-based family. <laughs> we currently communicate with the grandparents largely via FaceTime. So uh, they want to see and interact with kiddo. Uh, we are starting a blog too, so they'll get an idea of how we live that way. Oh, that's, that's cool. great. I, like I that. hope she shares the link with us so we can follow mm-hmm. their story. Yeah, It'll absolutely. Be fun. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. And Brie, if you're listening, I haven't um, tried FaceTime yet with my parents, but uh, I have written myself a reminder. It's going <laughs> to go off on my phone as soon as I'm supposed to start talking to them to try it out. Yeah. Because I really would like to try it because Skype is so spotty. Yeah. So I, we'll see if it's better. I used Skype with my parents last night. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I roll. <laughs> it was like for, we would get th- two or three minutes of really clear conversation mm. and then it would be like like this for about five minutes and, and I would just be saying, I'm sorry, I can't hear what you're saying. Yeah. Can you say that again? And we basically, we were on Skype for about an hour and a half to two hours. Conversation probably could have, we could have had it in like 45 minutes. Oh man. It was, it was just. It's frustrating. Ah. Yeah. 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 I know how that goes. That's why I use Specs tell yeah. to just call the house phone, which I talked about in last week's yeah. episode. It's a, it's actually made in Shenzhen and it's an app that you can use to call cheaply and it works really well in China because it's made here by a, an American guy, a friend of mine. Um, you can use it to call very cheaply. It's cheaper than the Skype rates to the US or wherever. Wherever. Mm. So that's Specs Tell. I'm plugging it once again, even though I'm getting no commission off of it. Marshall, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Is there a pay, is there a, like, is there a website or is it just like you, you find it I'm in I'm sure if you search the name, cause, yeah, they have an, they have an iOS app and they have an Android app and they have a website you, so you can log in online too. So I'm sure if you search the name, which is Specs Tell, S-P-A-X, T-E-L. It's kind of a weird name. I'm sure if you search it, you'll find it right away. Cool. But it's it's just legitimately great. So that, that's always my plan B. But I will try FaceTime and see how it works through the firewall. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I actually, I re- realized after our, after last week, my parents also use an iPad. So yeah, we could, I could try it out too. See yep. what we come up with. Mm. Um, so, uh, we've got, uh, a message, but a different type of message. Um, so for those of you who are following on Facebook, or if you ever look at any of the comments that are left on our episode number pages, uh, we have someone called, uh, China Bob, or Bob, Bob Conrad, mm-hmm. who has started to, like, post messages and, uh, he's been in China for like 18 years, so he obviously has a lot of stories and a lot of experience. Um, and so he, he sent us an email with his story, which if keep, keep your eyes open on writtenchinese.com because uh, we're, we're going to post his story up there with some nice pictures of his family. And so he left us a voicemail message. There, there isn't a question, but we thought it would be nice for you guys to listen to it. Um, because obviously he says some nice things about us, but he also <laughs> kind of like introduces himself and we thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. So, um, here we go. We can listen to his voicemail message. Hello, ladies. Hello. 
my name is Bob. I have been living in China for 18 years now. Uh, I'm married to a Chinese that I met and married in the States. Um, I just want to say that I recently discovered your podcasts. Uh, we've already kind of conversed a little bit through Facebook. Um, and I've just sent you an email with my China story through um, the only email link I could see, which was support at writtenchinese.com. Um, anyway, since there's probably um, no questions that I could ask you, given my time here, uh, I do want to say that I really enjoy your podcasts. What I like is to hear other people's opinions and other people's viewpoints, your take on what is happening around you in China and how it compares to my own. Um, so I just want to say thank you very much for doing this. It's a really good podcast. I gave you a five stars rating on uh, iTunes already. Uh, take care and have a good day. See ya. Nice. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, thank you, Bob. It's really nice. It's really nice to hear voices. I, I really appreciate that. Just like, I guess it's cool if you see our faces. We like to hear your voices. Yeah. Because you hear us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> We've met two of our listeners so far, which has been really cool. People who have actually found mm -hmm. us through the podcast and then when they've been in Shenzhen... Yeah. have contacted us and said, hey, let's get together for a coffee. Yeah, we should put some... I actually have photo, photos, I think. So I should really put them on our Facebook page. Remind me oh, when we come yeah, off air right. and I should post them on there. Yeah. yeah, that's so fun. It's so nice to see that there are humans out there listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, I have a news article for us. It's quite, quite light hat. Well, I found it quite funny. Uh, maybe it's not so much if you are there yourself. So basically, there's a village in Sichuan where uh, that has been taken over by 600 monkeys. Oh, have you read? Have you did you read about no, this? No, I haven't read about it, but I have seen recently um, just a sudden bunch of photos of people with these monkeys. I I didn't oh, read really? into it. I wasn't sure because oh, I know. I didn't see that. Because when I, when I lived in Sichuan, I know a lot of people who um, went to Lome Shan. It's a mountain um, not too far from Chengdu. Okay. And they're they're famous there for the monkeys. Like they always say, "Oh, don't wear bright colors." You know, keep because the monkeys are mm -hmm. really. I mean, they dominate the area. Oh. So a lot of people, when they go to the mountain, then they have a lot of these interactions mm -hmm. with these monkeys. So I saw a bunch of these pictures popping up, I but I didn't that. realize you said that they're they're over overrunning. Yeah, the village they've overrun the village basically. <laughs> oh no! So this is the story is kind of strange in itself. So about thirteen years ago, the the village decided that in order to develop tourism, um, they w would. They basically introduced seventy-three. Please don't do not email me and tell me I've mispronounced this. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mukaks, I think that's how you pronounce them. This is a breed of monkey that they're they're, they're very fit. They're very commonly seen in Japan. Uh, there are lots of different ones of the, uh, different types of these. 
Um, and so, yeah, basically they introduced them to the village thinking that it would get people to come to, you know, as tourists. Um, but basically, 13 years later, the population has grown, <laughs> and there's now over 600 of them. Um, basically, un- I mean, unfortunately, the, their plan to increase tourism has completely failed. Oh, man. Um, they get about 30,000 visitors every year, but that's not enough money to uh, basically pay employees. Or, or to keep the monkeys in a place where they should be, because they're, they're in the village, like, they're just, just wandering around. Um, (laughs) yeah, exactly. It reminds me of that song, like, there was an old woman who swallowed a fly. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. And then she's, she swallows a spider to catch the fly. And she eventually ends up swallowing, you know, it's like, you have one problem, you try to introduce something, and then it just causes another problem, and then then eventually. Snowball effect, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. So the, basically the monkeys have, They've made themselves a home, and they're calling it a monkey disaster, um, because basically there are now less than three hundred people. So there are two. Wait, there's less than three hundred people, people in living the village, in the village, and there's yeah. six hundred monkeys. Right. Ooh. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole way, the whole story around this is just bizarre. Like they lured the monkeys from the mountains into the village with food and stuff. Like, no. it's it's a bit weird. So the did the village originally have that many people, or have people left I think, because of the monkeys? I think people have left. It doesn't actually give a figure as to how many people originally that uh, were there. It just says that uh, quote a, a monkey disaster has stricken this poor village of less than three hundred people. So mm-hmm. I kind so of feel like maybe people have left, but it doesn't it doesn't say specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's, yeah, um... That's a tiny, tiny village for mm-hmm. China, by the way. Yeah, it says, yeah, yeah, it is small. It says that the monkeys just wander the streets in the village and often grab food from villagers' homes. Now, this, <laughs> this part is... I'm just imagining them traveling in a flying V, like, some with <laughs> bandanas and some with eye patches, like, swinging maces and, like, <laughs> we run this town. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, basically, it says, they have gotten used to the lazy life and are not willing to go back to the mountains. Well, you wouldn't be really. I just, what I imagine is like a hot baked pie, like someone just made a pie, baked a pie and it's on the window ledge, an open window and the monkey just swipes the pie. Uh, I feel it's like. It's probably not far from the truth. M- well, maybe, maybe. Um, so, oh what's, God. this was the part I quite liked. They've introduced a wild animal protection fund. So the villagers pay 10 yuan a year. So if there's only 300 people, that's not a lot of money. (laughs) Um, And basically, if the monkeys damage anything, like damage property or their health, then they'll be compensated by the fund. Okay. Uh, So I really hope they don't do anything serious, because that amount of money is not going to solve anything, is it? No, it's not. But the fact that they've introduced this scheme... Yeah. Oh man, that's so, too it's funny. So strange. Don't mess with nature, people. <laughs> yeah. Seventy three. Because okay, the village couldn't have been too big to begin with, right? Mm. Like it couldn't Probably have been not. too. I'm sure that 
peop- a lot of people are like, screw this monkey business and just get out of there. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but there probably it wasn't so, let, let's say about 500 or something like that. It was probably a village of less than a thousand. Probably. I'm guessing. Probably. Yeah, yeah. To begin with. To introduce, I mean, 73 monkeys, that's quite a handful. That is right. a serious barrel of monkeys to introduce. <laughs> <laughs> like, why wouldn't they start with just a couple to see how it went? Yeah. Like, well, not only that, but don't you think it's quite a drastic measure to take just to increase your tourism? Mm-hmm. Like, why did they need any tourism to begin with? Who was the guy yeah. who was like... Mm, that's it. <laughs> Let's bring these monkeys yeah, to Yeah, it was like standing on the podium saying, what we need is more monkeys. It just sounds like a big accident waiting to happen. Yeah. It's, honestly, it sounds like a movie. Yeah. A comedy movie. And there are banana peels on the floor. And I don't know about you, like, I always, as a kid, I love to watch the monkeys in the zoo because they're always the most animated and, you know, they look rude. like us. Yeah, yeah, rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Those guys, they can, they're really cheeky. Yeah. And, and kind of aggressive. I, I don't know how comfortable say, I would feel. Because in the wild, whenever I've seen monkeys, those guys are mean. Mm-hmm. They're mean. If you've ever gotten too close to a monkey, even a small, and these are pretty large monkeys, aren't they? About knee high. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there. It seems so from the pictures that like fairly like a size. I mean, a they're not size. like teeny tiny. No. You know, like oh, ones no, no, that you no, would no, carry no. around on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. They're they're like they're like almost chimp size. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'd say so. So the the naked they these guys can be mean and aggressive. So, mm-hmm. but that that's. That's so funny. So I'm guessing you'll put the link to that article because I definitely want to look at more pictures yeah. after hearing um, that. <laughs> it's from guy. It's from a a WeChat um, page called a guide a guide in China. I think mm. they have their own site, um, but I actually pulled the link from from WeChat. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely link to it so you can read the whole thing. Yeah, and there nice. are some pictures, although. The pictures didn't seem to be actually from the village. It seemed to be just showing examples. Oh, okay. Um, Maybe you could do a little Googling and see if there are more. Sure, yeah. And I can add some links if there's more things. Because I'm sure this place is famous. Like, it's got to be. (laughs) Oh, man. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, So, let's uh, let's move on to our question this week. So, uh, this came via... I think it came from Facebook. Although I didn't make a note. Um, but it's from Angela in Scotland. And she asks, uh, what do Chinese men think of successful women? Mm. Mm. This is very loaded. Yeah, question. it is. It is. And we felt like this was a nice little carry on from last episode, the last episode, mm-hmm. episode 60. That's right. Because in episode 60, we spoke about stay at home dads and mm-hmm. this Bree's husband. Um, will be taking care of their two-year-old yep. when he's when she's here on work in Beijing, and so she was asking us, you know, how common is it? You know, how how is he going to be perceived? Questions like that. How is it going to be basically for him as a stay-at-home dad? That's right. So in a nutshell, we said basically it's it's not a common phenomenon, right? Um, just like in the rest of the world. I mean, it's not really. There's no place where that I know of that um, men predominantly take care of the kids. Yeah. But um, 
that in Beijing in particular, the percentage of stay-at-home dads is about the same as in the U.S. Yeah. So fortunately, since they're going to Beijing, they'll probably be able to find us, you know, good community、mm-hmm. where, you know, he'll have some buddies. I'm sure you won't have to be always hanging、I'm、out with the fucking hens. It's <laughs> <laughs>、yeah. a good way to describe them. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're interested in that topic, listen to episode sixty.、Mm-hmm. But it kind of does. Um, blend in well with this question, which is just about. I mean, a lot of it goes to the the leftover women exactly movement. So this is like it was inevitable that we would end up going in that direction. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that you can talk about it without discussing the leftover women. So leftovers are the term. Leftover women is a term that. Is commonly used in China to describe women above the age of twenty-seven, which to me doesn't sound all that old,、right. who are unmarried. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's almost me. <laughs> You're so, gonna make I, it I in am, time. I am. I will. Yeah, before I'm thirty. Yeah. You'll make it in time. I'll make it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but a lot of these, a lot of these leftover women. Are successful career women, yeah, yeah. So I think that shows you a little bit that、um, obviously it's more difficult. Well, either those women are just not as. Actually, I read that there most of those women are very highly interested in marriage because marriage is still seen in Chinese society as a must. Like if you don't get married. Um, they have strong family structure, so if you don't get married, it's very strange in Chinese culture. Right. It even potentially affects your career. <clears throat> People who are not married or who do not, do not have children by a certain age are kind of seen as oddballs <laughs> in society and are kind of shunned. Yeah. In a way. So.、Um, These women do want to get married, but I think they have a hard time finding Chinese men. Yeah, I、um, so I obviously had my own thoughts on this, but I was like, I'm going to see if there are any articles or、mm. any interesting thing, like any interesting stories about this. And so there were different kinds of like opinions.、Um, one thing is that women's expectations,、uh, or not expectations, but what they want out of a man. Is is different, or if you're a successful woman, um, what you what you want from a man is is completely different, because、mm. you don't need someone who has. Okay, maybe I need to back back pedal a little bit. I feel like traditionally, a woman feels like they need a man to look after her.、Mm-hmm. She stays at home probably with the you know they have children. She stays at home with the kids, and he goes out and he's the breadwinner.、Um, and so, if you're looking for a husband, you're looking for someone who has a good salary, has his own, can afford to get his own house and a car, and those you know those nice things. But these women, why do they need those things?、Mm-hmm. And the a lot of these professional women who can support themselves. Um, they they don't just want to settle for some guy who comes along. They're more they're more picky in a way,、mm-hmm. and I read a lot of things that were like 
great. Women, they're not just settling for just the first guy who comes along. But there's also some criticism of that. Mm. That, you know, they're, they're making it more difficult for themselves. So on one hand, um, being more... Uh, they're more, they're more picky. Mm-hmm. So I came across this this article, and a lot of the stuff that I I'll talk about probably came from this because it was really it was a really fascinating article, and I'm going to link to it. It's called "You Do Not Want to Be a Single Lady Over 28 in China," and it's from the <laughs> Business Insider. It's a little bit old, but I just found that the like it was so insightful. Um, so basically, there's um, there have been studies done that. Basically, there's not enough time for women to find a man. Mm. So if, you know, in the modern day, women are going to university, so you you do your, you, you graduate and you could be like 24, mm-hmm. p- potentially. So what, you have three years in which to find the right man? Mm-hmm. Like, because most parents uh, discourage their like their daughters from probably ha- like from having relationships when you're, they're, they're at university mm-hmm. you know they want them to focus on their studies so they have three years in which you know to find a man so they don't become a leftover woman and a lot of women feel pressured into marrying the first guy that comes along because they don't want to be leftover yeah well I think a lot of the, the majority I would say of the marriages here are not based off of love mm-hmm. they're just based off of strategy like strategy it's just very pragmatic of course there's fondness there yeah so it's not like oh it's not completely um it's not completely void of any kind of emotional attachment but it's not like they're seeking out emotionally that partner they're they're more interested in the cold hard facts is this a suitable mate what is his family lineage like what is his financial position? What is his future career? What are his future career prospects? It's it's much more cut and dry in China than in the West where we have Hollywood mm-hmm. romanticized versions of what love should be um, and have way higher divorce rate, by the way, than in China. <laughs> yeah. Or places like like this. So mm-hmm. so it's kind of, you can argue, you can argue both ways, which way is better. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. I read that, um, the women get a lot of blame for, cause, okay, because of the female infanticide that occurred in the nineties during the one child policy when parents preferred boys, so they would either abandon or abort baby girls, um, because of that, there's a, the, there's a massive gender imbalance in China. So there are a lot of, there are mi- literally millions of men out there. 30 million. According 30 million. To, according to this article, ex- an excess of more than 30 million. Yeah, 30 million who do not have, you know, there's <laughs> 30 crazy, more million men than women for their age groups. So that's, yeah. That's that's a huge imbalance. Millions of people. I mean, that's larger than the population of most European countries. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And because of that, China's government has started to blame these career women for this imbalance in the society, saying 
if you would basically just, I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating, but it's in a nutshell, it's if you would just shut your mouth and get back in the kitchen, yeah. then our society would be healthier. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I read this, okay, this is from the government's All China Women's Federation. This is a, this is a direct quote. Well, obviously it's translated, but it's a quote. Sure. Um, Do leftover women deserve our sympathy? Girls with average or ugly appearance have the fur- have hope to further their education in order to increase their competitiveness. The tragedy is they don't realize as women age, they are worth less and less. So by the time they get their MA or PhD, they are already old like yellowed pearls. Which makes me angry for so many reasons. And this like, is an effect. This is a quote from an official. Yeah, this is government- a government agency that says this. Basically, I mean, okay, hit one. Girls with average or an ugly appearance hope to further their education. Okay, so that's basically saying, pretty girls, you don't need an education. An edu- like pretty girls, you're fine. Cause men, you know, like, and I, I do see that a lot. A lot of women here. They are just so focused on their looks, and it's just so shallow, yep. and it makes me really sad for them, because I feel like they're going to hit, and I see this happening in front of me, they hit a certain age, they start losing their looks, and they have nothing left, because they've married for money, yep. basically, and so their husband's inevitably cheating on them with yep. younger women by this time. Mm-hmm. They never really nurtured themselves in terms of okay you don't necessarily need a career but if all you're doing is focusing on your appearance once that's gone what are you left with and so you see a lot of women who are just kind of they're just they don't know what to do with themselves right so it's just like it's really sad and so it's really sad that the government is reinforcing it and then it's saying as women age they're worth less and less like it's saying outwardly that, you know, educating yourselves and having a career is not adding any value to your life. Is you Your job is to be a mother and a wife and to be at home. And so many Chinese men prefer less educated yeah. women to, to the educated ones because they're easier to control. Exactly. Yeah, that's the big thing, isn't it? Control. It's so blatant here. And I think... I, this isn't necessarily a specifically a Chinese thing. I think in the West we also have a lot of this. It's just not so blatant and it's not sp- spoken about so right. openly. So in China it is almost a bit more honest because it's like more true to human nature. Mm-hmm. But like I think th- you know throughout history, men have had a certain role and women have had a certain role, and nowadays those roles are all mixed, and so. It seems like because the woman is naturally, in most cases, the just like built for caregiving and, you know, like women are just, you know, traditionally they have those values and they still retain those values today. So they're willing to burden a lot of their responsibility at home, but they still want the career that the husband has. Mm -hmm. So it's like this huge imbalance where they're, they're the man and the woman, and the man is still just the man. Right. Which it doesn't work unless the man is also willing to be the woman, you know. <laughs> you gotta have it, you can't have it both ways. Both ways. So there are statistics that say 
like also released by the government. Thank you, Chinese government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> About how um, if you marry an educated woman, you're more likely to end in divorce, <clears throat> unhappiness. She's more likely to cheat on you statistically. And, you know, there's, it's more likely to be a rocky marriage. Mm. Well, yeah, because a less educated woman has no choice. Right. And she probably wouldn't argue. Like, she's not going to leave. Because if she leaves, she has nothing. Mm-hmm. Did you know that a few years back, the the law was changed, the divorce laws? So that basically, um, if, uh, if a couple divorce, the property that the married couple lived in um, goes belongs solely to whoever took out the mortgage. Now, traditionally, oh. it's the the husband or the husband's uh, parents. Just whoever's name is basically on exactly. the paper. Exactly, and oh. so this means that a lot of women lose out uh, in a divorce because they have nothing. So, what you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm not a feminist by any means, but I mean. It's we can't keep our mouths shut about these I things. Know, can it's we, right? just like so, <laughs> there's just so so many things going on, but yet, and this is what's surprising most of all is that more than half of senior level, and this is a coming from an article that I took to uh, from Fortune magazine. Um, more than half of senior level positions in China. Are f- the roles are filled by women. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So I find that really interesting. Yeah. Like, that you have so much social, pres- social pressure on these women to, to not be as educated and career-oriented as their male counterparts. And yet, in these senior-level positions, there's so many powerful women in China. And I'm talking about powerful women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I found an old article, and I really wish I'd noted down the exact statistic. But it was there was one I found that uh, it was a Forbes top, like the m- top one hundred mm-hmm. most successful women, um, and I think it was from last year. And there were six Chinese women, like in the top part, top wow. section of Forbes. But I don't know how those things are calculated. Like, what do they? How do they calculate success? Is it based Maybe on net worth or something? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, whatever. Regardless, that's great. Like, yeah, they're doing they're doing something. I just don't really understand how 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 are these women doing this because they're so okay. Like, China is not a politically correct nation. Mm-hmm. So when you go for a job interview as a woman, they straight up ask you, "Are you married? Right? Um, are you pregnant? Uh, when are you going to get are pregnant? You to get pregnant? <laughs> mm-hmm. When you're when are you planning to get pregnant?" You know, they want to know all of this information, and that's that legally they can ask for that, and you're supposed to respond. And the employers will discriminate against sure. you based on the answers, which, okay, it, I think that's more the fault of the system necessarily than just like blatant, like the, oh, the employer's a bad guy. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of it is also because I think, I think it's six months in China that they get. Um, compensate maternity. Oh, right. So I thought it was long shorter than that. Um, maybe it depends on which which area which area you work yeah, in. Yeah, I've heard six months, but oh, I'm not. I, I don't know. But but maybe yeah, maybe it depends on what industry you're in. Maybe sure. it depends on where you are in China. Oh. But anyway, the point is, the employer knows that if he hires a woman, 
and then she gets pregnant, he's going to have to be paying her for a significant amount of time. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's not fiscally re- responsible for him to do. You know, that's just, if you're thinking as a business person, that, that makes sense. Why would you... Why would you risk this kind of financial burden on your company when you can get someone who's just as capable, who's definitely not going to have that? Like, if it's a man, obviously, for sure, you're not going to have to pay that. Yeah. So, it may, you can't completely just blame the employer. I mean, it sucks <laughs> that there is this kind of discrimination, yeah. but that's business. I mean, you can't really just blame... You can't expect everybody to be moral in business. Sure. <laughs> so, so, and not only that, but government jobs in China are completely dominated by men. And the government, for more, like, runs this country, yeah. you know? So, so I'm like, how do these women, how are they, how are they overcoming I all of these know. obstacles, actually? I wonder if they go in like as like in entry level positions and they just work their way up. Maybe. I mean, once you're in, I feel as though once you're into a company, like it's easier to kind of, you know, it's about people who you know, right? If you make the right connections and you keep your nose clean, you could probably get do quite well, I think. Yeah. Well, keeping your nose clean is probably a point. Is like a lot of these these guys, they do a lot of drinking and smoking and gambling. That's like kind of part of the business That's culture. True. That's true. And women don't usually participate in that kind of stuff. Maybe these women had to like how to learn. Maybe. Maybe, but I'm almost thinking that that might be an advantage that they're not distracted by those kind of and not just drinking and smoking, mm. they participate in other activities with their male buddies. I liked how you said that. Other activities <laughs> as well, like... which is very acceptable mm-hmm. in Asia. Yes. Um so I think maybe part of the reason why they're oh, why I... they're rising to these senior level positions is that because everyone they... else is drunk and they can just like yeah, step it's... over the top yeah, of them exactly. and say, he... "I'm here to do the job." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like okay, here's a boys club, <laughs> right? Right. Who have all you know? They have all these comforts and you know they feel really stable in their job and they maybe maybe the men just feel just haven't don't have the same kind of ambition as the women mm. because it's so much easier for them i feel as though if if that's the case these women must have to be really thick-skinned cuz i in my imagination like in this sort of situation where you're in a male dominated uh, industry for example like you sat at a board like in a boardroom and you're the only woman sat at that table and you you like you have a good position i can imagine that they're all going to be like whispering and stain, saying stuff about her mm-hmm. like you know she must have to just be like i don't you know I, I don't care i couldn't care less what you what you men think of me like you know i'm going to i'm going to achieve what you can't kind of thing well maybe that's the ticket i mean maybe that's the case right. maybe because going into their career they're aware of Mm. all these obstacles and so maybe they just arm themselves with the skills necessary to fight through all this stuff yes and maybe that's those same skills that help propel them to succeed Mm. and they're obviously they obviously have like this same thick skinness like in their personal life as well because if they're successful in their career, most of these women, like we've said, most of them are not married, and they've got everyone 
like family members and people around them saying, oh, like, she's in her mid-30s and she's still not married. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they have to deal with going home and their, you know, maybe their parents are okay with it, but then they've got, like, family, like, maybe grandparents or aunties who are saying, oh, like, you know, when are you going to get married? And there's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure, social pressure. So they must have to really just block it all out and really just get on with it Mm -hmm. it's very it's it's admirable to be honest because a lot of women would just crack and actually in this this article that i've referred to um this there's a particular like researcher who said a lot of women crack and uh quit quit their very successful jobs in order to marry Mm -hmm. which is sad it's really that that really saddens me to be honest yeah a lot of men expect their um wives to just quit their Mm -hmm. jobs yeah. 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 But which no. Again, maybe it's similar in the West, we just don't say it out loud. But um it's just so unbelievably obvious here. And and really why for me, like logically, apart from okay, the man can't deal with having a successful wife why would she need to quit if they're both successful they both have good salaries they can hire like someone i mean it's common here to have an ie or a like a nanny to live in with the family and look after the children while while you're at work mm-hmm. and you know they they go to preschool very early they're in kindergarten at two like age two yeah so i mean even if she took uh, two years out i mean i don't know if that's possible really you know, I feel like there's always ways around it, but it seems as though it's just like the man can't deal with the fact that she's more or equal to him, like, mm-hmm. so she just has to quit. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I think it's different if they if they get together um, prior to her success and then they're married, they already have kids, and then afterwards she right. becomes more successful, I think. Because I've seen quite a few marriages where both couples are pretty successful. Yeah. yeah. I think that timing is really important. That if she's already successful, bef- like, very, you know, vastly successful before meeting the man, then it just it just throws off the whole power balance. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, of course, again, I'll say, just reiterate, every time we just give a disclaimer, there are exceptions to the rules. I'm sure there are a lot of marriages out there where the man is like, it's not a problem. You know, and there are, like we talked about, um, there are stay-at-home dads in this movement is slowly, Mm -hmm. slowly growing, I guess, you know. But the vast majority, it's not like that. Yeah. It's really not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I came across this, um, this uh, basically this woman, a young woman, uh, a successful woman, and a group of her friends. This was this was some years ago. But there is a link, so I'm hoping the music video is still there. Oh, uh, yeah. So they created a music uh, video, and it's basically. Basically, they're singing about. Do you know? Do you have a? Do you have your own house? Do you have your own car? Like, mm. do you have plenty of money? If you don't, don't waste your time with me. <laughs> like, I have my own house. I have my own car, and I have plenty of money. Like, if you're not my equal, like, 
just buzz off. <laughs> and so, of course, like, don't, don't depend, don't expect me to look after you like I'm not your mother. Uh, and of course, you can imagine this caused a lot of uh, backlash. Um, so, so I, I particularly wanted to tell you this because I just love the quote that this guy, this tip, this man, kind of left saying, "What kind of women are these?" I say, "Women in the old days were better." I think a lot of men <laughs> like, just from the 1950s, <laughs> like really, really long for those days. I think a, I would say most, most men them, long yeah. for those days of. Coming home from work, mm-hmm. dinner's all prepared, the wife is all made up and looking really cute and is like, honey, can I fix yeah. you a drink? Like those guides that they used to publish for how to be a good wife back in the 40s Ste- and 50s. It's Stepford, right? Yeah, it's Stepford. And I mean, can you blame them? No. Can you? Because not. if that, you know, like just think about it, the situation were re- re- reversed. But that's a problem. I guess sometimes I think about it like, you know, we women, like, that feminist whole, that whole movement, we kind of screwed ourselves because we weren't thinking in the long run. Because we expected, we were saying, ah, oh, we are the same, we are the same as men. But I don't think that's true. I mean, I think women and men are very different. They're, they have similar capabilities, but they're, we have areas where we excel, they have areas sure. where they excel. We are not the same. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And so to assume that a man would suddenly become a nurturer the same way that women are, I think it just undermines actually the beauty, the beautiful qualities that being a woman, like all the, it's like, let's try to shut off all of the natural instincts that we have as women and try to be men. Mm. So we just kind of screwed, in a, in a sense, we kind of screwed ourselves. And I'm, I mean, I, I work, I, I enjoy working. I get a lot of satisfaction sure. out of working. So I am really happy that I have that freedom mm-hmm. to decide. But on the one hand, it's like, would it be, wouldn't my life be so much better if we were in the 50s and right. all that I had to worry about was making a cocktail correctly. Yeah. <laughs> and having the roast I mean? ready on time. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> some days I'm like, you know, that would be yeah. the, the best problems yeah. to have. Oh, you know. And going to get your hair done. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think keeping house is hard work too, right? Yeah, keeping house. I mean, there's, there's work that goes into, I think mm. there's equal amount of labor, let's say. Yeah. That goes into having a full-time job and properly managing a household, especially if there are children, multiple children. Mm -hmm. So it's not like that, it's not that that was necessarily easier on a day-to-day basis, but I feel like today we have to do that plus Plus our job, have a career. Yeah. So then you get this imbalance and I do understand why women, because if your husband isn't willing to help you at all at home and you're the successful career woman, you feel like he doesn't support you. I understand why more marriages would end. I mean, you're, you're not dependent on him for finance, financial stability. I, I understand why the statistics say that marrying a, a successful and educated woman is riskier. Mm. I don't know what my point was with all that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel as though I think if you're successful and you can support yourself, some of the dynamic of a, a traditional relationship disappears because you don't perhaps need as much from your husband mm-hmm. as you might have done in the past. 
I mean, of course, there's there's an, the emotional element, but I think, and I'm basing this purely on this is just something that just popped into my head. If maybe some men feel as though you don't need them emotionally either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're perhaps a woman who's on the way up, like, and needs to work hard. Mm-hmm. Perhaps your home life might take a bit of a, I don't know, a knock. Well, that whole idea of needing each other, I think, is really important because in in these pragmatic, more pragmatic relationships, one party is basically using, like, for lack of a better word, using the party because, mm-hmm. out of necessity. So I get money from you, you get sex and babies from me. You know, like the, it's an ex- yeah. it's some kind of an exchange. Mm-hmm. But in the modern world, it's like we don't talk about the needs of each person or the, you know, those kind of just cut, like black and white ambitions of those people. It's more about, oh, love, like love yeah. takes over. So as long as we have love, everything else is going <laughs> to fall into place. Yeah, right. Yeah. But when when the couples don't actually have reason to physically like need each other, then obviously it, ch- it seriously changes the dynamics mm. of the relationship. So that freedom of choice becomes almost like the killer of a lot of relationships, for better or worse. I mean, right. I don't know. I don't. I'm not trying to make the case that if your marriage sucks, but you <laughs> don't have any money, that you need. You know, like is it? Be- it's better for you to just like that sucks. Right. But um, just. It's a really interesting time, like how in you know within the last fifty years, how much the the dynamics of our let's say long term partnerships or marriages have changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. my grandparents; their relationship was so different from my relationships today. Each mm-hmm. person had. I mean, my grandmothers both worked, yeah. but it still wasn't the same. They had jobs, they were actually, both of my grandmothers were teachers. Right. And they kind of had part-time, you know, they would, they when they had kids, then they took off a few years, and then they would go back. And teaching is, is you know, it comes naturally to women. So they weren't necessarily the same kind of these business career women as we're talking about mm. in, today, in today's society. So they were teachers, but they still had very specific roles at home, like, my grandfather never cooked a meal mm-hmm. for himself. I don't think my grandfather did either. He didn't even know where the <laughs> pots and pans were. But she, my grandmother, never took out the trash. She didn't drive. Yeah, didn't, my grandma, gran- both grandmothers are the same. Yeah, yeah, so they each had these, and I don't know, maybe, I don't know what the statistics are, but my grandmother and grandfather had a great marriage. Mm-hmm. They were they were so happy together. It was so cute. They were so happy together. And their relationship seemed to work. Because there was no arguments over who's supposed to do what. Everything was already predetermined. Predetermined, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. So now it's all scrambled up. And nobody nobody wants to take responsibility for the, the <laughs> chores at home. Oh, sorry, I don't know if we're PG-rated. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're meant to be clean now. So maybe we should... Beep, beep. <laughs> It's, it it's funny, when we first started talking, I thought, oh man, are we going to be effing and jeffing during this <laughs> podcast? And I've just changed it. I was doing so well, it. I almost lost it a few times there, but I'll put a beep in there. 
Anyway. Uh, you, did, you did well. It's an, obviously, we're women. This is a, an emotional, it's an emotional subject for anybody. I'm sure that men have their own opinion of what's going on, too. Because I think also, at least in the States, because uh, the States, I feel like compared to a lot of countries, even in the West, or, or let's say, when I compare, because I'm married to a Bulgarian, so he's from Southeast Europe, and so they're, the structure of their relationships is very different from those in the U.S. And in the U.S., I think almost the men, they kind of get a bit, it's like they get a bit screwed a little bit. Like The men in the U.S.? Yeah, sometimes I think Already? that they almost take, some of, some of them I feel like they almost take more of, like if I, well, I don't know, when I think about, um, there, there are men out there who have very stressful jobs, mm-hmm. who work out, you know, like 60 hours, 80 hours a week, and then whose wives also expect them to do equal amount of housework mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. So I think that there are some men out there who are actually, they're worse off right. because of the system than before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's as common as the women to be burdening those kind of things. But the point is, it's all sorts of scrambled up now. And I think we're seeing the consequences of that. Yeah. I don't know what the perfect system is. Because I, I don't, I'm not a proponent for going back to traditional marriage as it as it was. Like where you had these strict roles. Because I myself enjoy my freedom. Sure. And I think I have more capabilities than just learning how to bake a muffin properly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. With the... Obviously, there are certain, like we jokingly said, like, oh, we could just, we could make a cocktail and, you know, wear a little apron, whatever. (laughs) But yeah, there's a lot, you would also be very restricted. There were so many things that, as a woman, you weren't able to do, Mm -hmm. so you would give up. Yep, it's all sorts of messed up. Um, I also wanted to note, I, I thought this was in my, I'm thinking about this, I had heard, because, okay, when I spent my first year in China, I saw, in, in Sichuan, I feel like, I feel like this phenomenon, this, the, the male-female relationship does differ a bit by region. Right. Um, and I saw in Sichuan, women there were pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw a lot of relationships where the woman was definitely the boss. Right, wearing the trousers. Definitely. Yeah. Whether or not her career was, maybe she wasn't success, more successful on paper, but in everyday life, you could see that she's basically pulling the guy around by the earlobe. Yeah. So, I think it varies, and I, I think that, because I, I looked into just, like, matriarch in China, and I found a really interesting um, matriarchy. It's a group of people that still exist today in China. So they're called the Mo Suo. If you want to Google it, there's a great uh, Wikipedia about them that's M-O-S-U-O Mo Suo people. And they're, it's like just on the edge of the Himalayas. Are they very, like, tattooed? I don't Do know. they tattoo their faces? I didn't see the ta- I didn't see mm, tattoos maybe on their different. faces. Maybe something different. Um, and there is I haven't watched it, but I found that there's a, about a half an hour documentary on YouTube. Mm. 
um, about these people where it, it's called Land Where Women Rule Inside China's Last Matriarchy. And of course, we'll put the links in the show notes so you can watch that because that'd be really interesting. I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's the foothills of the Himalayas and it's a society in which women are completely dominant. Men do not have jobs. So it's about 40,000 people nowadays. Right. Um, <clears throat> men do not have jobs. The only Actually, it seems like the only thing that men do <laughs> is um, they're used for their manly parts. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they are also required to slaughter the animals because women don't want to do that. Right. So yeah. the women have assigned them these two very important tasks. Um, Can you fertilize. imagine the to-do to -do list? <laughs> Give my man juice, tick. Slaughtered cow, tick. Done. I can just relax for the day. <laughs> most of the men in the society, actually, because you'd think like, oh, how brilliant these women, you know. They're, but actually the men are the ones who are really Yeah, like, they got it right, didn't they? They got it right. So they're basically snoozing all day so that they can be up all night performing yeah, one yeah. of their two duties. Have all, You have all the, yeah, you take the control, the, have the responsibility. Yep. And the women, so they don't, there's no marriage in their culture. They have what's mm. called a walking marriage. Which means basically sounds probably every man's ideal. Yeah. So like they live in they live in a house with their family when they're pregnant. They take care of the children themselves. The ladies. The ladies take right? care of them. So the the children Obviously. stay with the mother. And the men just kind of float between the houses, <laughs> spreading their seeds. <laughs> this is amazing. This is really fascinating. Yeah. So, I mean, the women do all the <laughs> trades, they do all the housework, they do all... So it's not oh. like they're, oh, the bossing the men around. No, no, they're just doing everything except those two tasks. So basically, the men are not really... They're completely unnecessary, unnecessary to their society. Yeah, right, I mean, right. other than just for... I mean, you could probably only... You know, you could get just, like, one stud in there and you'd be sorted. Yeah, yeah. It just, to me, it seems like they should just get... Um, a sperm bank and a eunuch. So the sperm bank, they can get their juice, and a eunuch to slaughter the animals. Yeah. They just don't need any other anything else. Yeah, yeah. So they do everything. They they have their businesses. Um, they support the family. They do all the housework, is cleaning, amazing. cooking, and the men are basically just these secondary citizens, <laughs> which I don't think they seem to mind. <laughs> <laughs> So I will definitely put the link to really the to YouTube documentary. documentary about these more, more the swan people. Yeah. Um, so you can check you can check that out. Huh. So I kind of wonder if there are, is a tribe because it's kind of like tribe. It's not mm -hmm. uh, it's not a Han majority. That right. is not the Han uh, ethnic majority. Mm -hmm. It's a different. They're called. They have special. Nachi or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, you can you can watch the documentary. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not an expert on these people, but it was something interesting that I came across when doing a little bit of digging for this episode. Mm -hmm. But um, it just sounds super. I mean, mm -hmm. super interesting. So I, I really hope that we get some comments. And some feedback about this. I'm sure some of you are going to totally disagree with some of the stuff that we've said. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I would be really... When I was, like, researching or thinking about answering this question, 
I did wonder if there was any anyone out there who who was married to a, a successful woman, or, or maybe you are the successful woman in your relationship. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be interested. I'm sure we're gonna get some people out there who are haters, <laughs> trolls. No, <Yeah. laughs> no. I mean, and that's valid because if you, you know, if you, if that's your life on a day to day basis, and you're a super supportive husband, and you, you know, like. You don't have a problem with your wife's career. That's you know that's good for you. Yeah, we're awesome not talking about you though, because you are you are. <laughs> we're you talking are, about you. <laughs> don't even bother commenting. You think this song is about you, don't you? <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously there are exceptions out of there. Course, so course. please don't take offense, men out there. It's just we're looking at the patterns. Yeah, of course. We're basing it on our experiences, on articles that we've read, on you know things that we've picked up on in our five to seven years of being here mm-hmm. like we've Indeed. seen some stuff we've we've seen some stuff for sure <laughs> hardened us to the core <laughs> oh but it's just so <laughs> obvious here because it's you know it's just talked about so so openly i mean these are things from the government like the quote going back to that it's it's that's there's there's not a whole lot of gray area. You can't really argue with it, can you? When, you, when no. it's there in black and white, you're like, hmm. Well, yeah, and so this is reinforced. Because, you know, the government's job is to create a stable and flourishing society. So it sees these uh, successful women as a threat to that, which they are. I mean, <laughs> they are. I mm. think that, I mean, as a system, the system as it is today. So either the system has to change or the women have to go back to the way it was. So my that hope is not going to happen. Yeah, my They've hope had is... a taste of something different. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, I, was, I was going back to my point about, because I kind of trailed off there and I've forgotten what I was saying <laughs> about the Mosul people. But I think maybe if there are these tribes in near Sichuan that have these matriarchies, have had matriarchies historically, that maybe that's why the modern women today in Sichuan are also bossier and mm. I mean we there you there's been some empresses in China's past yeah but they're usually like from what when I read about those like empresses they're not usually re- like talked about in a positive light mm. it always seems as though they were like vindictive and they you know they everything was all the decisions they made were just like tactical and they murdered people and all these things like all no one seems would be positive viewed as, you know yeah if it was a man they'd be like man. yeah because <laughs> it's a woman yeah yeah maybe i mean maybe there are some out there who are revered i don't my i don't have that deep knowledge of I'm chinese sure, yeah. ancient history it's a long history guys it's like we're talking about 5000 years plus so, yeah. so I'm sure there's there's cases of women leaders at some point out there who are revered. Because obviously they've got it in their DNA, just looking at the statistics. I mean, 51%, that was, I mean, it's not a vast majority, but it is a majority. 51% of senior positions held at companies in China are women. Mm. I don't know if it's even that high in anywhere else uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not sure maybe i should have done a little bit more research um but, but that's uh, more than half so that does sound like pretty impressive 
Yeah, especially for Asia. I yeah. I can imagine that most of the surrounding countries don't come near that statistic. So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you have to look deeper into the statistic too. Like, how exactly was it derived? What do they mean by senior position? Blah, right, blah, blah. Right. I'm sure there's a lot of factors that go into these things. But um, the point is, China has a lot of powerful women, and yeah. that's just obvious. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just amazing to see them thrive in such unfertile soil. <laughs> I think that's a... Uh, are you happy to finish it there? Because to me, that, that was a nice little ender. Okay. I mean, I have other things, but I think that was a nice way to... Or do you want yeah. to keep going? No, I mean, I think that's, yeah, I think maybe, maybe that's the lesson to be learned is, is oppression is good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it is true, though. Sometimes <laughs> they say, like, talent, you know, like, people who are born with natural talents tend to kind of, like, taper off, you know, a lot of times because they've never had to work hard for to mm. achieve what they want to achieve because they're just naturally talented. So they haven't developed the same kind of um, uh, work ethic, right. basically. Right, I see what you're saying. And so maybe it's a similar thing. Maybe it's because of all of these difficulties that are so obvious in the culture, maybe these these women are just pulling up their bootstraps yeah. and, you know, they're they're using that to strengthen their exterior and they're able to just, like, pummel through all these things mm. and, and that then maybe that's why they've made successful business women out of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, maybe um I think there are maybe more and more like role models like mm. famous women who are becoming role models mm-hmm. in China, I think. Uh in a in a not in just like a soap opera kind of way. Like women who are really trying to do make changes in China, I think. Mm-hmm. So so if you're a man and you're listening to this <laughs> and you feel like you would rather just put your feet up mm-hmm. and let the woman do the work for you, then come on over to China. There's a lot of these leftover women just dying to marry you. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a, like a, not a quiz, what's it called? A, wait, what, what do you call those things? Where someone has to, you ask a question and then someone has to answer like, yes, no, maybe. Questionnaire. Oh, quiz isn't the right word, is it? No. I was. We could should like do a one survey. Of those, a survey. Thank you. Oh my <laughs> Sorry. We do this all live, people. There's yeah. no rehearsal. Hopefully, she'll <laughs> cut out. <laughs> I never cut anything. I know. <laughs> right, uh, right, right, right. Nora, do you have a Chinese word for I, us this week? I definitely do. So the word that I have is career woman, and that's nice. new. So those of you studying Chinese, this is kind of an easier one to remember because you probably know nu meaning woman and ren meaning person. Mm-hmm. And the middle word chang means strong. So it's woman strong person. <laughs> and it, it, bas- yeah, it basically means a career oriented woman. I like it. And there is a dictionary entry dedicated in the written Chinese dictionary exactly for that vocabulary word. Oh, is that? There is. Awesome. So, so I can link exactly to that. You can link it that. and you can add it to your flashcards. Yeah. By pressing the little plus button. Press the plus button. Which, by the way, if you haven't 
we get to plug the app. It's been a while since we've plugged the app. We've been yeah. working hard on the app. But um, now, if you don't have an iOS or Android phone, or you're at work and you or on the computer and you want to quick look something up and remember it, mm-hmm. you can search in the Written Chinese Dictionary, and now you can actually add those vocabulary words to your personalized flashcard sets. Yes. From the online dictionary, and then it'll be all synced up nice and tidy for you on your mobile device. You can study them later, or you can even study them on the website as well. So that's what we're doing when we're not doing this. (laughs) We do other things, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, all the links and videos and things that we've mentioned in today's podcast will be on writtenchinese.com slash episode 61. Um, if you have a question for us, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash voicemail and leave us a question. If you've got any moans or complaints or you want to, you know, say bad things to us, then you can go to facebook.com slash two white chicks. <laughs> Sam, I don't yeah, care. Come on. I'd rather get, you we know, enjoy I'd rather a bit be a, a little bit provocative and get the discussion sure. going than always being so you know, delicate, delicate tiptoeing around things. Yeah. So let's talk about it. If you have, sure. yeah, if you have completely different opinion or you completely disagree with what you're saying, um, just let us know. We sure. want to hear from you too. We don't, we, we're not afraid of criticism, are we? Of course Holly? not. Of course not. Might ruin our day. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit afraid, but we you might should cry. say what you think. You should say what you think. <laughs> we are women. So. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> Tune in next week for another weird episode of the Two Eye Chicks in China. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.